Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm the other host, Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Chris. How are you, uh, how are you holding up on this Thursday afternoon? Thursday? It is a Thursday. It was a work day. <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say. That's I fair. worked, and now I'm talking to you. Uh-huh. Oh, I watched a movie, I guess. <laughs> On the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast, what we actually do is uh, watch and review science fiction and science fiction adjacent visual entertainment media. That includes movies, television shows, uh, web television shows, YouTube videos, pretty much anything. As long as uh, the picture's moving and people are talking and it's vaguely related to science fiction, there's a chance we'll watch it. I'm glad you said vaguely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of, what did we watch, Anthony? We watched the 2012 science fiction film Prometheus Trap. Prometheus Trap. Ooh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Real quick uh, about Prometheus Trap. I couldn't find a Wikipedia entry for it no, in English. No Wikipedia entry that we can Well, I we found one in German. Sure. And I used Google Translate. Oh, did you know to uh, <laughs> to actually get it? But uh, I'm gonna read the Amazon Prime blurb, please. Their search for answers will take them to the edge of the universe. In deep space, the military cruiser Venom <laughs> is diverted from its mission to investigate a derelict freighter ship, the Prometheus. On board, all of the crew were dead, victims of sabotage, hmm. and its only cargo is a weapon. One will change the course of time and their destiny. Prometheus trap. The end begins again. Wow. Okay. Uh, cool. Hit me with that uh, IMDb blurb. IMDb <laughs> doesn't really have a blurb. It yeah. has like a full paragraph summary. So a space crew is diverted from their course and awakened to investigate a missing cargo vessel carrying a devastating time weapon. Spoilers. A f- <laughs> there you go like they don't find that out for what is it is the movie's 89 minutes you find that out about 50 minutes in yeah so this is a it's a bad blurb i'm not even gonna read the rest of it because it, well you know what i'm gonna go ahead and spoil it for the listeners out there a fracture in time has trapped the missing ship weapon surviving crew members i thought there weren't any according to your other blurb and rescuers in a repeating time loop only the two androids can retain memories of previous time loops while their respective crews exhibit unusual behaviors. Uh, okay. The androids struggle to solve the logic of their crew's oblivious entrapment in an endless cycle of death and destruction. Okay. Uh, well, there is a Rotten Tomatoes blurb that I think is probably the best set of all of them. Hit me. The military space cruiser Venom investigates a derelict freighter ship that is carrying a weapon that will change the course of man's destiny. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's a great blurb. Way to go, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Thanks for that one. Yeah. Um, as this is a movie that I, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, chose. No, you chose it. I will, uh, I will, I will give you the floor, and uh, if you wouldn't mind providing me with your initial thoughts and opinions. So before I give you all of my opinions, let me give you all of my facts. This film, which we watched on Amazon Prime, has 2.4 out of 5 stars on Amazon Prime. On IMDb, it is sitting at 2.8 stars out of 10 stars with a median score of 2. It is obviously a B-movie. There's only 5 or 6 principal actors. It's very, it's obviously low budget. Uh, I believe it has a budget of 
the half a million dollars. So not as low as some we've seen, but much, much lower than than most movies. <laughs> I believe that the production company that make that made this movie deliberately made it to release at the same time as the big AAA Hollywood movie Prometheus. They both did come out in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I think this because when I go to the director, Andrew Belware, and look at other films that he's directed, they're obviously copies of other films. Battle New York, Day 2, Pandora Machine, Android Insurrection, Carbon <laughs> Copy, and Android Uprising, which are the same film. Um, but one is the Japanese name and one is the American name. They somehow have different entries on IMDb. <laughs> So it's this is not quite a Asylum level uh, B movie fodder, but it's it's pretty close. The cover of the movie is horrendous. So there are two Which covers one? that I found. There's one that's mostly blue that has I I'm looking at it right now. It has two people at the top in power armor that don't appear in the movie. The woman on the left might be the captain of the Venom, but she's been airbrushed to the point that it it could be anybody. I don't know. Uh, the guy on the right, I don't think he's in the movie. And then there's a ship and a planet at the bottom. There's no planets in the movie. And that ship is not in the movie either. It also suspiciously looks a lot like the Prometheus <laughs> movie cover. So there's that. Re- remarkably. Remarkably. Like the Prometheus movie cover. Oh, man. <laughs> they took some creative licensing and added some yellow blur for the engines down there. So it's a little different. The other cover, the one you'll see on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, has a man and has the Doom Slayer on it. Um, he's standing on a planet and then there's a sun behind him. And he's got two guns. None of that imagery has anything to do with the movie. None. There's completely original artwork and they put the name of the movie on it. That's, I love this movie poster. It's so bad. Oh, it's my great. goodness. Oh, oh it's horrendous. Geez horrendous but not unheard of with these types of films as far as my opinion (laughs) of this movie goes i think that the 2.8 on imdb is you know what before i before i say whether that's deserved or too high or too low did you have audio issues when you were watching this movie yes so it's not just me i saw one other review mentioned it when i was trying to find out all the sound effects were proper stereo but all of the voices were only coming out of the left channel. Is that yeah. what you experienced? I think so. I did experience an issue with the audio where I was like, I would have to turn it up yeah. during dialogue and then have to turn it down. Yeah. I streamed it on my television and then I went back to watch a few others, a few scenes uh, on my computer in preparation for the, the podcast and I had my headphones in. So I had that issue where I had to turn subtitles on because like I can't understand what they're saying on the television. But once I put it in my headphones, all of the voices are only coming out of left channel. Sound mm. effects and everything else are coming in stereo. Okay. I'm going to ignore that issue for a moment. And I'm going to come back around to it. I also think that the film was shot in 4-3 uh, aspect <laughs> ratio and then was cut to 16-9. It did look really strange. The tops of their heads are constantly out of frame. The angles with the floor don't look right. It does look like something that was that was 4-3 full screen, then cut to be a widescreen production. So without those production issues, I would give this film a solid four and a half. I wouldn't begrudge it a five, because I do think that it is a, a pretty good science fiction story. The story is, while not told as best it could, it is an interesting story. It is something that 
you could pull right out of a, a Star Trek plot line. And I think they did a pretty good job in, in that respect. So unlike some other movies that we've watched recently that have much higher production value, but the plot doesn't make any sense whatsoever. With those production issues, I mean, it's a solid two. It's difficult. It was actually difficult to rewatch those scenes uh, with my headphones because of the, the way the voices were coming across. There's some other minor gripes that I'll point out as we're going through, but those are my initial thoughts, opinions. What did you think? I would like to just add a little addendum to the facts. Please. I left some on the table for you. I left them right there. 21% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Fewer mm-hmm. than 50 ratings. So it is what it is. Uh, you know, I should really, I should really start looking at Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb in a different browser because whenever I like go to Rotten Tomatoes now, it's like, you might also like this Mm. virus X, (laughs) 11% winter visitor, 40%. All my Amazon prime movie suggestions are absolutely horrible. So yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) That being said, this is another one of those movies that we watched where I think it was ultimately let down by the budget. It had a budget of $560,000. Well, what I'm saying is I think this movie could have used a couple million dollars. I feel Guess. like had this been a big budget production, like I think it would have been a good, quote unquote, good movie. I do agree with you. I really enjoyed the, I enjoyed the story. This is one of those movies that has a twist and we can spoil it. Oh, we've um, already well, done it. Yeah, spoiled the twist because well, IMDb did it. But. Yeah, well, feel, you can, if you if you decide to cut that, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it, I think it deserves the twist. I was actually I was pleasantly surprised when it happened. I was like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's neat. That was fun. Yeah, the first the first time the twist occurs. Yeah, all the actors I think do a pretty good job. I think Finn and Artemis, whatever they're androids. Or they're playing androids. They're not actually androids. I think the best actor in this movie was Andrew J. Lang- Langton, who oh, played so. C- Captain Rhodes, who was the uh... Sergeant Rhodes. Well, I mean, he was the captain, right? He's the captain of that ship. No, like whether whether his rank is captain or not, he's in charge of the ship. He's the captain. No, what movie did you watch? Rebecca Cush's character. No, is... I'm sorry, Cornell. I'm sorry, James Edward Beckton Cornell. <laughs> that guy. My mistake. Totally different okay. person. Completely different character. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was the best actor. I, like, at least he was the one that f- that seemed most comfortable on screen. He was you know? very comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Everyone else was a little stiff. Uh, Rebecca Cush. I think she did a pretty good job trying to portray this badass kind of soldier heading back to old Andrew J. Langdon here friend of the pod it does okay it it was kind of like a like i felt like i feel if this movie gets made again but with a big hollywood cast that's seth rogan because he Mm. had the seth rogan laugh to me he's just like (laughs) why did you say he was a friend of the pod what else has he been in no because i just i because i gave him the wrong character earlier oh sure kate Britton Mm -hmm. played trent yeah Eh. yeah probably the worst actor in the in the cast yes whatever i could agree with that I'll get. I'll give the sets a pass because this movie had a budget of five hundred thousand some odd dollars. Right. For the most part, they at least managed to pull off the idea that they're on a spaceship. On the few of the other movies that we've watched recently, when we're on a spaceship, there's either too much negative space or it's clear and obvious that they're not or, or they're they're on a set that's not supposed to be a spaceship for certain right. scenes at least. And I think, with the exception of one scene, really. I felt like this was a spaceship set. Sure. The cockpits, 
the engineering departments, the cargo holds, you know, the 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 doors or whatever. Like <laughs> when they like get on the quote unquote elevator, <laughs> they're like yeah. have it, they're like you know living quarters, and then no lights move. Like there's no shaking of the cage. And then the door just opens a couple seconds later and then it mm-hmm. cuts to another scene of them walking. Whatever. I was kind of impressed by the costuming. Me too, actually. Yeah. A little basic, but very much in the same kind of like worn in, not, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, industrial yeah. punk, like industrial space punk, I guess. Very much like Prospect. Not to the same level of quality for sure. Uh, no. You know, the the spandex suits with the, the baseball pads armor right. or the, like the or the the rollerblading pads or whatever not that but like the actual spacesuits like the helmets and the backpacks or whatever i was pretty impressed sure effects wise eh it was uh, what i what to be expected there were a few too many shots of the outside of the ship but i think that was intentional like not only for padding the minutes to add on to the movie i mean i don't know how much time it actually took up but i felt like Every time there was a scene, like a scene change or a transition to another scene, they had to show the outside of the ship. Why is the outside of the ship lit up like a Christmas tree? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, it's dark in space, man. <laughs> they needed to see. <laughs> uh, no, but okay. I thought the 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 computer generated imagery of the ships was was pretty good. You know, yeah, it was pretty good. The CG at the end was a was cartoony, similar to the the last film we watched continuum where it's just it's just it looks like a cartoon but okay yeah. you know do what you got to do i agree with pretty much everything you're saying except that i th- think that michael shatner who played essentially our main character although it's not apparent for a while finn. Uh, the android finn right yes i thought he did great i thought he played an android that wasn't data very very well and to see him because he's he can't emote a lot because of the nature of his character but to see him try to overcome the obstacles the problems and and try to figure everything out coming from a position of absolutely no authority right he's essentially property i thought he did pretty well having yeah, said no. that you will yeah. he's never been in anything else so <laughs> uh, you know what you gonna do not related to William Shatner. No, not at all. It spelled, Listeners of the pod, yeah. Yeah, spelled Shatner with two Ts, very different. Uh, the one thing I did have an issue with when the costuming is that the chief engineer, Trent, and the android on the Prometheus, Artemis, had the same wig. I don't think they ever show up in the same scene together, so it could actually be the same wig. And it confused the crap out of me. While I was watching it, especially since the movie is shot in such a way where it's just these huge close-ups on their face. Yeah. It was so hard to tell who was who between the two that of them. That was a terrible choice. Very, very bad. No, yeah. yeah. Wrong decision on that one. You know, I kind of gave a, a bit of a rating there. What would you What would you give it? I'd be comfortable with this thing sitting at a four. And that's... Yeah. Aside from the audio issues, again, this is just... This is another one of those movies that just, just couldn't reach the finish line or it couldn't... Re- like... It's mediocre, right? This is a mediocre sure. movie. It is. And what's what's making it mediocre is the budget. So, I, I just, uh, I'm going to disagree. I, well, what I mean by that budget, is... It's not the amount of money. It was how it was used. Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is you know. more money, better sets, better actors, better director. I mean, maybe it becomes a totally different story then. I, I, all I meant was 
I don't think this movie is a 2.8. I think it's a four. Sure. But yeah, I, I don't know where the money went. If it was shot better, not just like the, where the camera's looking and the lighting, which was subpar, but literally like the lens choice and the sound issues were, were out, we'd probably see it sitting at a four as opposed to 2.8. What's really funny is I think they use a lot of the same shots intentionally, right? Because mm-hmm. this is a movie about, technically it's about time travel. Yeah, yeah, it's a Groundhog Day situation. But before we ever find out that we're in a Groundhog Day situation, they actually use the same shot like four times in a row, all within a minute. Like after the first time Trent kills Cornell mm. and what's her name? Haskins? Is that her name? Haskins? Yeah. And she looked at uh, Rebecca Cush's character and she looks yeah, yeah. out in the hallway we see kind of a not a it's not a really a wide shot, but we get a shot of someone and we see their backside and we see their gun and they run down a hallway and turn left. Right. And then ha- Haskin runs immediately after her, and it's the exact same shot. It's just a different person, and you can tell it's a different person because they're wearing different clothes. And then in less than a minute, that shot is flipped, and we see them running down a hallway and turning right. And then we see Haskin running down the exact same hallway and turning right. Mm. <laughs> like I didn't realize it was just flipped. I was probably not paying close enough attention with my notes and whatnot. I went back and I was like, yep, it's the same scene. So Nice. Great. And the thing is, is that a movie about, a, I mean, the Groundhog Day situation, they could have easily upped the pace of the movie a little bit and even made it a little bit longer by repeating some other things. Some of the days make it, There's, I mean, there's so much you could do in editing to really give this movie a different feel. The choices they did make are pretty interesting. If they had a little bit more money, they might have had a second camera. Mm. We could have seen the exact same scene from a different angle. And like the only difference would be just the camera. And that would have been a change because we get a lot. There's I think the most used shot of this movie is them using a creme brulee torch to open (laughs) up an like a door. Like we're just constantly getting this shot. And I think it, maybe if they had like shot it over the shoulder or something. Right. They did different angles of the same. Yeah. yeah I mean, at that point, not you could have those quick shots like that. You could just move the camera and do it again. So it's at least a little different. Then that, that leads into the budget and whatnot. So, no, I understand what you're saying. I get it. How did you like the, uh, the Motorola 9100 uh, <laughs> keyboards? <laughs> those are for like in car, like police officers, right? Don't they use those? I have no idea. I actually didn't look it up. I just, I wrote down the model number because I was not expecting to see Motorola. <laughs> Let's see. Motorola MDT 9100. Police scanner. Yep. Yeah. Vintage car scanner. Rare. It's on eBay for $100. <laughs> Man. I liked the use of physical buttons. Which obviously, you know, you have a couple of different options when it comes to sci-fi screens, right? You can do the touchscreen thing, but that's, that's your CGI budget. You could mm-hmm. do the uh, Star Trek The Next Generation bit where they click buttons and nothing changes on the screen, yeah. but it's colorful. Or they never show you yeah. what they're clicking on. Yeah. yeah. Or they could do what they did, which is just kind of old tech to make it look like new tech and have physical buttons. And I thought it was a good choice. Well, it's it's very much in the vein since, I mean, the elephant in the room is this movie is called Prometheus Trap and it's it was released in the same year. The cover art for the DVD looks the exact same. That's a Ridley Scott thing. You know, where in the original Aliens, Alien movie, I mean, he does that. Like, it's the future. 
but it was 1979 or whatever. But it was still the future. All the technology was there. It was just, you know, he made it fantastical. Same thing with Blade yeah. Runner, yeah. even Prometheus to a lesser extent. You know, he had a budget then. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, no, but th- I mean, they're just they're doing the same thing. Sure. Where no, they're absolutely. just they're they're taking the tech that we have and they're just churching it up a little bit and making yeah, it. Why look not? A, it, so I thought it was cool. Actually, I like I have nothing against the sets at all. I thought they they did did well, especially with the budget they had. Yeah. So one thing I do want to talk about that I think they did horribly, and I, I'm sure that they farmed this out, contracted this out to another company. But uh, the subtitles. Did you watch the subtitles? I did. So two things with the subtitles. Two two and a half things with the subtitles. When they first come across the android Artemis, the android on the ship Prometheus, she is talking with everyone else's lines, which we find out later is because she's done this dozens of times and can remember it. But with the audio issues, I couldn't hear her voice and the subtitles were just repeating the line. Like instead of showing that they were both talking at the same time, it would say whatever line twice. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Instead of Haskin, like the word like Haskin, colon line and then right beneath it artemis colon line right nothing like that it was just not good it was really difficult to figure out what the heck was going on the other thing i noticed that i'm sure you noticed as well is every time there was a contraction so when i when i watched it on my computer when i was just watching a few select scenes to to get ready for the podcast it looked like there were two different apostrophes like two different uh font choices for the apostrophes so instead of W-O-N apostrophe T, it was W-O-N apostrophe apostrophe T, but there were two different types of apostrophes. Oh. When I was watching it on my, when I was streaming it on my television, it looked like an apostrophe and then a back tick. <laughs> no, I didn't notice it. Or maybe the other <laughs> way around. Either way, yeah, it looked, it was, the first time it happened, I was like, oh, look, you know, mistype in the, in the subtitles. That's, you know, not unheard of. But then it happened for every single contraction in the movie. You didn't notice that at all. I, I guess I must have missed it. Yeah. I'll... No, it was it was so bad. It annoyed the heck out of me. In this movie, uh, Artemis is, I guess, probably the individual who is worse off. Okay. Mainly because she uh, has gone, or what appears to be crazy, or that she's malfunctioning. She tells a quick story about Prometheus, who is the Greek god who gave humanity the gift of fire. But it's the Greek titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, she has a couple interesting lines about how, because I think Finn even asks, like, how can you believe in gods? And she's like, we were created. We're created life forms. Humans are our gods. Well, that was pretty neat. It's an interesting take on that, for sure. So when she's telling the story of Prometheus, for anyone who doesn't know, after Prometheus gave humans the gift of fire, Zeus tied him to a rock. And just as she explains, uh, a bird would come down and eat his liver and it would regenerate every single day. What a torture. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I do have a couple of questions for you. Sure. Hit me. Uh, my first question is, did you solve the riddle? What riddle? Did you figure out a way for him to stop the cycle without sacrificing himself and everyone on board? Yeah. Okay. How did you solve it? I mean, it involves some murder. <laughs> right? I mean. Well, I think the main kicker is that he doesn't realize that he's in a time loop until they're already on the ship, right when right. they're about yeah. to meet Artemis. So that's when he kind of gets his memory back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your that's the moment that you get. So tell me what you did. 
Or tell me what you would do if you were Finn. I feel like you take advantage of the fact that it's a time loop. Instead of sitting with Artemis every single time, you figure everything out and then you can you can present things to your human handlers. You can tell the captain, oh, hey, this is what we're going to find out. This is what's happening. And I know you don't believe me because it's crazy, but here's what's about to happen. And then when the first three of those seven things are true, which is just finding Artemis and how she is and finding the people in cryosleep that are the dead and then the ones that are alive and blah, blah, blah. I think that at the very least, deactivating an android and not waking up Trent are very easy asks. That's all I'm saying. That's what I think. Okay. Well, so here's here's my solution. Yes, please. As soon as he gets his memory back, he knocks out and then ties up both. I've already forgotten his name. Rhodes I, I forgot and it. Haskin. Yeah, Rhodes and Haskin. Grabs their gun, shoots Artemis between the eyes and kills her. Please. Kills Trent in her sleep, wakes up the captain, and then, well, no, no, I'm sorry. And then he pulls Trent and Artemis with him to the docking bay, and then he jettisons the, the device with their bodies. Sure. I think getting rid of the devices is paramount as well, yes. And then he offers them up for summary judgment, and then <laughs> it'd be what it be. I did find it really interesting that Rhodes gave away the 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 goat in an offhand the, comment. Like The first time it started repeating, I was like, oh, Rhodes just said that the androids don't have like local, they don't keep memory locally. They have it in some data yeah. center in hyperspace, whatever that means. But it just means they're constantly being backed up. Which means that yeah. when the time loop happens, his memories are from outside the time loop. Yeah. I thought it was rad. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's an interesting... <laughs> like, I liked that they explained why he could remember things before we realized that he could remember things. And it was like, oh, moment. My second question is, who is Kelsey Grammer? Oh, God. I don't even know, man. I don't know. Is he Cornell? Is he the captain of the Prometheus who dies in five minutes? Yeah. Is he... One of the androids? It doesn't quite fit. Uh, I think he would have had too much screen time. Yeah. Is he the voice of the time gun? I am gun. I am gun. I am gun. <laughs> That's him. No, I That's it. I had him as Cornell. Did you have him as Cornell? Yeah. Which I hate to take that away from, from James Edward Beckton. Solid yeah. name. What else has he been in? I looked at all of these people's IMDb and I was actually pretty like, he's got a lot of stuff. He did a lot of voice acting or whatever. Yeah. But uh, Rebecca Cush and Kate Britton. I feel like both of them made some really bad acting choices. But you know, but we talked working, about it before. Which is, we talked know, about it before. Actors yep. act. You know, you 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 play the parts you you play. You get you know whatever. But yeah, just really bad. Uh, well, what's really funny is if I look on Kate Britton's IMDb page. Yeah. What she is known for. All of those movie posters look the exact same. Yep. <laughs> I'm looking at them. <laughs> What is Robot Revolution in the not-too-distant future? Yeah, it's whatever. the same production company as Prometheus Trap. Like, all four of those are for, all from this production Which company. Is, so, Written oh, by the Pandora same guy, machine. directed by the same guy. So. so, funnily enough, when I started this movie up, it had a warning. And one of those oh. warnings was nudity. And I was like, okay. Oh, I must have missed that. There's nudity in this movie. And the nudity only comes from the opening, like, production company ad. Where there's a oh. there's a young woman, she's naked, and she holds something up, I think. And looking at the PandoraMachine.com website, I think that's her. Yeah, uh, Pandora Machine <laughs> Films is the film company that, that made it's the company that made this movie, Prometheus Trap. So they have yeah. a they have a website, PrometheusMachine.com, 
and it's not a very well-designed website, but it's, I guess this guy, Andrew Bellware, it's his, it's got his blog, it's got other things he's working on, links to trailers, that type of thing. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I have no idea. Would you... He's also making a game called Scamper? Yeah, we're not going to advertise for him. Did you, would you recommend this? Would Do you think it's worth the price of subscription? I honestly do. Okay. I really do. I, I, I think this is a, like, it's not fun. It's kind of a hassle to watch. It's a slog. It's only, what, what was it, 89 minutes? 89 minutes, minutes yeah. And I, I failed every single one of those 89 <laughs> minutes. But, I mean, that being said, we both agree that it, the story's pretty good. Yeah. Like, you know. On paper, it's it's much better. I'm I'm going to have to disagree. I think that with the production issues that it has, I can't recommend it. I can't say that it's worth the price of subscription. If those issues were somehow resolved or didn't exist, then I, I'm, I would probably recommend it for somebody looking for a sci-fi story that isn't a big flashy action movie. That's something fair. a little different. So okay. that's where I'm at. I don't have an oh. idiot of the movie um, because, uh, I mean, everyone just does the same thing over and over and over again. And there's not really, I don't know. Would, do you have an idiot of the movie? It's definitely a, it's a neck and neck race between Trent and Rhodes. Really? Why Trent? Well, because she's a murderer, first yeah, of all. Yeah, but they uh, were going to use she's... the time gun to completely erase Earth. Uh, look, she's the one who got him into the mess. That's all I'm going to say, right? And then Rhodes, because... He gets ambushed by this girl with a crowbar and he's got a gun. <laughs> yeah. The first time Trent and Captain Haskin fight, Trent hits her in the face with the butt of her gun and then waits for her to get back up and then they square off and then <laughs> hand-to-hand combat ensues. I don't know where the gun went and then she ends up beating her with a cro- with a crowbar. It didn't make any sense. It was awkward. Yeah. I, if I had to pick an eight of the movie, it would have been Artemis. Because yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. Because Finn figures everything out. They get Trent, and everything's gonna be fine. And Armus is like, "Nope, we gotta set off the weapon because she's gone what crazy." I guess. Well, I think it also <sighs> might be that she knows that they can't they can't ever use it because they can't. If you erase Earth from time, does that mean it's completely gone and everyone oh, that's who ever knows? Yeah, she's, she maybe, but she doesn't say it that way. She just seems sure. crazy. Yeah, so. that's fair. Can we talk a moment? I want to talk about some of the um, the in-universe mythos and technology. Okay. They're coming up to the Prometheus, and the Prometheus has a crew of eight, six of which we find out are dead. Rhodes makes an offhand comment that they don't have room on their ship for eight people. What is the point of their ship? Like, well, it's, it's, it's a combat a, ship, right? It's called a cruiser, yeah. We have some room for people. Like, you'd figure even just to drop off troops because they're at war. I think what they mean is they don't... I think because she said we don't have the bunks. I think what she meant is, or he or whoever said it, they just don't have the the hypersleep room. And if these people are going to be, if you're picking up a bunch of passengers on a ship and you can't put all of them in hyperspace, eventually you're going to run out of food and water. I think that's what they meant. Maybe, but but why wouldn't they have space? Did you see the locker room? There's like twenty lockers in there with names yeah. and team tags and whatnot. Yeah. Were there other people on the ship? They just didn't wake up. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. That was the only set where I was just like, come on, guys. <laughs> Lockers? Lockers. Why like, not, this man? is like, th- No, this is like the maintenance like break room for some big like mall or something. <laughs> like, also, come on. Did you catch that Rhodes called their ship uh, the Viper? 
Even though it's called the Venom? <laughs> Even though right before that it was called the Venom, and afterwards yeah. it's called Venom, but he in one line calls it a vi- the Viper. Yeah. Okay. Someone on IMDb also caught out that a character is panting, but the the caption incorrectly has the word painting. Yeah, whatever. They, they yeah, <laughs> it's obvious they paid for some cheap automated service for the subtitles. Sure. So, uh, you know, if you have to watch with subtitles, I, I definitely don't recommend this one. But all right. All right. I got nothing else. This was an interesting film. I wish that it had done better because I thought the story was uh, definitely worth pursuing. Potential. Unrealized potential, I think, is what we're the yeah. If if you could sum up the our review of this movie in a single sentence, it would just be unrealized potential. Ian. perfect, perfect. Shout out to Andrew Belware, Stephen J. Niles, who wrote this movie. Uh, that's it. Okay, <laughs> he made a he wrote something called Pigeon Soup. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll probably Lafayette end up watching King. another one of his movies eventually. Just because okay. of the niche that we're in and the niche that he's in seem to be overlapping a, a good bit. Our spheres. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, if you guys out there have watched this movie or for some reason decide to watch it because of our review or other reviews, do let us know what you thought. If you agreed with us, disagreed, anything we missed that you thought was important, you can hit us up on social media at Sci-Fi Wise Guys on Instagram or on Twitter. You can also email us at scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. Please send us your, your suggestions for other movies we can we can watch. I think the, the goal with watching these straight-to-stream science fiction movies or science fiction-adjacent movies is that we are looking for those hidden gems. And we've found a few. I think we've probably found more duds, yeah. more duds, <laughs> more dirt than uh, than gems, but there's been some good ones in there. So yeah, any suggestions, we'd, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'd also appreciate if you'd go ahead and share the podcast with your friends. Share us with your enemies. Give us that thumbs up, like, comment, five-star review on iTunes, whatever it is on your podcasting platform of choice to show support. It goes a long way. It makes me feel good whenever I see those little numbers go up. And if you really, really liked what you heard, you can always visit us at patreon.com forward slash sci-fi wise guys and become a patron. You get access to exclusive content. Well, Just want to thank uh, everyone again for listening. Stay healthy, stay hydrated, and remember that no matter what way the river cuts through the forest, the destination is always the same. Thanks for listening. That's what she says, right? I know that's what she says. Why did you say? All right. Bye, guys. Do you think it's time for Mythica 3? How are you feeling? We did the sequel after four months, right? Right. And I said, I don't want to wait another four months, but it's been. Well, I was going to say it's been, it's been four months. (laughs) It's been more than that. Yeah. By the time it releases, it'll be past that. Do you want to watch Mythica 3 and record on Monday if I'm in town? This Monday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm cool with Mythica on Monday. Mythica Monday. Woo! Woo!